Hello, and welcome to the Food Together podcast. In this podcast, we dive into the Food Together project, a European project which aimed to answer one important question. What role does food play in creating public spaces and opportunities for people to meet and live together? Six universities from six different countries conducted separate but related research and projects to explore food spaces in the context of migration. In each episode, we'll look at an example from each country as we learn more about food in a changing Europe. We'll see the connection between the academic world and civil society, and how one project worked to give a voice to knowledge exchange. In today's episode, we'll look at a case study in Frankfurt, Germany. Local actors worked together with people with an immigration background to create a cookbook full of recipes from their home countries. First, we'll hear from Clara Speer, who organized the process, and then we'll tempt your taste buds with two recipes and the stories behind them from the cookbook. Clara works for the German association Uber den Delerand. She's based in Frankfurt, which she says is one of the most diverse German cities with a large number of people with an immigration background. So what exactly does the association Uber den Tellerrand do? Here's Clara. In general, Uber den Tellerrand is also a German expression uh, that we use. So it means to look beyond the brim of the plate, to <laughs> widen your own horizon, basically, um, to have a wide mindset in a way. So what we do is um, to bring people together. That's our very basic mission. And we do that at eye level, so-called. And we try to always bring refugees and non-refugees together. But in Frankfurt especially, that means people from many different backgrounds and nationalities, because as I said, it is such a diverse place. And we try to work towards so-called <laughs> integration, though it's a bit questionable, the concept of it, through friendship networks that are built around common interests and activities. The basis is always the cooking, which is also why we use this wordplay for our name. And uh, we also do other activities like sports or cultural, etc. While Clara works at the Frankfurt chapter of the association, Uber den Delerand exists all over Germany and even internationally. It's in more than 30 cities. At the core of Uber den Telerand is the idea of intercultural exchange. They use various activities to get there, but especially food and cooking-related activities. The cooking activities sparked an idea. To make a cookbook. So what this book brings to the table for us is making diversity in Frankfurt and beyond in Germany more visible, also in a positive way, through this easy way of exploring different recipes. And what we did, we looked for 51 Frankfurters who have different migration stories and backgrounds, and we collected their family recipes that they have from all over the world. Clara used the network built through the Uber den Talleyrand events to find people willing to participate. It grew. And the result is stunning. When you look at the cover of the book, you can always see half a face and half a plate coming together. You see the profile of a person and then a plate. And through that, we try to show that this is not only a cookbook presenting recipes, but also 
the people behind the recipes and their story and what they bring to the table. The cookbook is also more than just the recipes. It was built to be an entire experience. In general, we had this idea of calling our cookbook an Erlebnis Kochbuch, so an experience cookbook. We want to give people the opportunity, if they cook the recipes at home, to have a richer experience of how this person would maybe also do it at home. So for once, you have the little portraits of the people in the book. Then also they give you tips where you can find the ingredients in Frankfurt. But also if you buy it elsewhere, I'm sure there are similar stores where you can also find these ingredients. And they also give song recommendations. <laughs> so songs that they like to listen to when they are cooking. And we collected this as well in a playlist um, that people can listen to while they have their cooking experience. Clara is also quick to point out that the recipes are unique. They're not what you would find on the internet. So what are some of these fantastic recipes? We talked with two of the recipe creators to give you an idea of what they have contributed to the book. My name is Andrea San Martin and I come from Honduras, that's in Central America. Andrea came to Germany in 2016 for love. It's quite a cute story. I moved because of um, my boyfriend, which is now my husband. We met in a semester abroad in Washington, D.C. And then, yeah, we did some, you know, long distance relationship. And then eventually we said, OK, let's move. I, someone has to move to the other place. And it makes sense for me to move from Honduras to Germany. Andrea started working as an au pair with one goal learn German as fast as possible. A year later, she had. And she used her university education to find a job. In her spare time, Andrea participated in Uber den Tellerrand events. I immediately loved what they do. It, you know, for on the one side, it has to do, of course, with my passion for cooking. But also, on the other side, it's the, the concept of this event of Uber den Tellerrand and what they are, what they stand for, is of bringing people together through food, which is the same thing I want to do here. I mean... I do in my friends, you know, among my friends. But the most special thing about it is that there's this cultural cultural exchange. I've been also, I've been someone who've been a different, I mean, I haven't been in 9,000 countries, but, you know, I was in Honduras and I was in USA when I did my semester abroad. And there was a lot of focus in international and a lot of cultural, cultural ex exchange. And that was something that stayed with me. And I looked for when I came to Germany, and that is exactly, you know, Überdentellerin gave me all my passions together on a place. Andrea's involvement in Überdentellerin's events led to her involvement in the cookbook, in which she has three recipes. Uh, one of them is uh, starters, and it's called tostones. That's like uh, double fried smashed green plantains which you can like, you know, the use of them, you can see them as kind of bread chips or pota potato skins. I don't know if you know this starter where you put something on top and it's really crunchy. And that's the thing with this, you know, smashed plantains, but much crunchier and it tastes more like a potato. Uh, it's always very hard to, you know, describe how green plantains, these green bananas. Andrea says the plantains are savory, and she recommends several toppings for the crunch plantain chips. Her favorites are guacamole, 
or refried beans. But there's still more. Here's Andrea again. As a second dish, and that's actually the store dish, which we'll probably talk more about, is ambaleadas. And that's the main dish. You also, in a, you know, we don't do this uh, three-course thing, but we always, yeah, okay, we do also store dish. But baleadas is very, the signature dish of Honduras. It's very classical street food. And it is a flour tortilla, which is filled with refried beans, uh, refried red or black beans, sour cream, and shepherd's feta or some kind of shepherd's cheese or feta cheese. That's how I I, I could, uh, you know, explain the most similar thing of cheese that there is. But yeah, that's the pretty basic combination for abaleada. Then you put any of your, you know additional toppings of choice. And in my recipe, I recommend what for me is the perfect combination of toppings. And besides the basics, you know, the refried beans, sour cream and cheese, I recommend avocado slices. But if you want to upgrade, you use guacamole. Then I like to add some sort of, you know, meat or soy meat replacement, which is very well spiced up, you know, with paprika, cumin, you know, whatever everyone spices their meat as they as they wish. But for me, it's important that the meat has a, it's a very strong flavor. That's why I also, in the cookbook, I also recommend chorizo, which is very, very intensive and, mo- and also sometimes spicy, which makes it much better. This spicy, creamy, cheesy dish is well-received by Andrea's friends in Germany, and it reminds her of home. The last recipe that Andrea contributed was a sweet recipe. As the last one, I'm not going to talk too much about that, because I think people know it a lot. It's not especially just Honduran. It's mostly like, you know, Latin American. All the countries say we did it. So the same thing as the tostones as well. But uh, it is tres leches. If you haven't heard of it, it's like some kind of vanilla, a normal, you know, cake, which is bathed in three types of milks, which is why it's called tres leches, three milks. And it has, I think, evaporated milk. It has condensed milk, which is this very sweet one and heavy cream. So you mix it all together and then, you know, dip it, dip the whole cake. It's like a wet cake with also whipped cream on top and fruits. It's very, very delicious, but also very sweet and very rich in calories. <laughs> so the whole thing, the whole tra- the whole Honduran package that I'm offering, it's very rich in calories. So it's not something that you want to try if you want to do something, you know, light. But yeah, if you do it once a year, it's fine. Or once a month, <laughs> this is my case. <laughs> Hopefully your taste buds are now watering with Andrea's description of her recipes. She says she chose them because they're the ones she cooks most often in Frankfurt for her friends, and the ingredients are relatively easy to find. But they're also very close to her heart. Yeah, these recipes are, of course, they're very, there's something we eat a lot with in my family, the, mostly the tostones. The tostones is the thing where I, the, the most sentimental recipe for me because that is what my grandmother used to cook every Sunday. And that is something I connect with my grandmother. She's the inspiration for why I love to cook. And she is also the reason why, one of the reasons why I was part of, uh, wanted to, you know, share recipes and invite people to my home. I wanted to be like her because it was 
the best memory I have from is going to her place with a big family, doing this big event around food and eating. And Tostones was a part of that all the time. So that was like part of bringing yeah, my heart and my home to Honduras and to, to Frankfurt and to this cookbook. Like Andrea's, there are many more personal stories and recipes in this book. Another was from Yannick. My name is Yannick Landry. Yannick Landry are my two surnames. Yannick and Landry, and I have also two names named Cheng Waiwei. I'm from Cameroon. I left Cameroon with 27 years old, and I came to Germany to study. Yannick had a master's in economics, specialized in governance and economic development. But he decided to embark on a master's of quantitative economics in Germany. To do so, he had to learn German, which he did quickly. After his master's, Yannick found a job, which brought him to Frankfurt. He hadn't heard of Übertentellerans before the cookbook, but through a friend, he met Clara and decided to participate. I didn't know that it is such a big thing, you know, and Clara told me exactly what they are waiting for us. And I checked it as uh, the, the photograph came and they started to send us some pages from the book that we had to check. And I said, wow, it's a great thing. Okay, I didn't, at the beginning I was saying, okay, maybe it's a journal, journal or a, web, a website that they want to present, but still it was okay, good for me to present something from my country. And as I saw the book coming with the different pages, with the different countries, I said, it is a big chance I had to make my country also be part of a social project. Yannick contributed two recipes to the book. Yeah, I have two recipes in the book. Um, my parents are from West Cameroon. And I first have to say, Cameroon is really particular in Africa because we are so 88, at least 88 people groups, so ethnic, and more than 240 different languages. And it is really, really different. I can sit on a, on a table with 10 Cameroonians and they speak, I understand nothing. That's really particular, and there's no, there's not a common language that all the people in the country can understand or speak. That's the particularity. And we have French and English, like as uh, official languages. So I propose one recipe from my from the region where my parents are from, uh, and also propose I propose a recipe from the littoral, the coast, from the coast. Cameroon. I'm not from that region, but it doesn't matter. I think this typical Cameroonians uh, meal, and you can find them only in Cameroon. That's mainly why I propose them, because there are some meal you can find in Cameroon and also in Nigeria and in the neighbor countries, but these ones are only specific to Cameroon. Yannick's two recipes are chumkuduk and ndule. As he mentioned, chumkuduk comes from West Cameroon. He says that it's typically eaten by farmer families. The second, Ndule, is less close to his family, but he proudly added it as a unique Cameroon dish. He calls it almost a national dish. But first, Yannick tells more about chumkuduk. Just need uh, beans, palm oil, and potatoes. <laughs> so yeah, you need just, just need um, beans, palm oil, and potato, and a bit of salt. Yeah, it's really easy to make. And why? Because... We, I used to go to holidays to my grandparents and the West Cameroon, if you know, West Cameroon is typically a farmer region. People wake, wake, wake up really early in the morning and they go to the farm and 
come back later. And these are it's a recipe that for, it's a meal that is really easy to do. You can do it fast, and you don't need to eat a big portion to feel that you you ate something. So it's also a tricky thing that in the, in the regions where people are used to come back home late, yeah, we had we we used to eat that with my grandmother and my grandfather. So and it's really tasty. The second recipe, ndule, is, according to Yannick, really complicated because you need more ingredients. It's a soup made with green leaves like spinach. And then he says you can choose what you like, meat, shrimp, or fish. But like many of the recipes, it comes with a lot of oil. Ndule is really, you have to follow the different steps described in the book, one by one. The only different, the only problem is uh, people are not used to, to eat with enough with fat with much oil here, but dole needs enough oil. So I also, and you can, it's like a soup, not it's like a soup, yes. And after you can eat it with rice, with potato, banana, plantains, plantains, I don't know, not the normal banana, the, the fruit, but plantains. While Yannick was proud to present the ndule, his heart was really behind the chumkodok. As a kid, Yannick's parents sent him from their house in the city to his grandparents in the countryside for the summer. It was a very different way of living. But Yannick now has fond memories of being there, and mostly of the Chumkodok. Yeah, Chumkodok was also what all the little children like, because grandma can do it even if she's tired, and it always tastes. And we, we used to do it in pots like like eggs. You can you can put it like balls. You can have it with your fingers like this or different forms you want. It was also a, a funny moment for us to play. Each one has his has his plate with his part in the plate on the plate, but still playing with the food. And it really tastes. And that these moments you miss them when you are no more. And I, I had this chance to present a food. I said. I have to immortalize it because some other foods like ndole or pule digi, a Cameroonian food that I already know in the world. But this one, people, Cameroonian people, when they will see that, they will say, what? Someone present Joe Godok in a book, you know? And for me, it is something original. And In the end, Andreas and Yannick's beautiful recipes were bound together with more than 90 others into the 220-page cookbook. For Clara, she hopes that this book and others like it will become even more prolific. I mean, our vision would be to have it in every household in Frankfurt. <laughs> there was also this idea that it would be great to have it as like a welcome present for newcomers, for example, experts that are a lot in Frankfurt. But of course, it can also be like a model book um, for other cities. But I also know that there are also similar concepts already in other places in Germany because, yeah, we have this vision of really making um, positive <laughs> aspects of migration visible in all of Germany. And it's also possible to have maybe a second edition with other people <laughs> and other recipes. And, yeah, in general, our goal is just to be more visible with our work and to reach as many people as possible about what we do and because it's really important. <laughs> Clara, like Andrea and Yannick, believes that food is something very powerful. 
food uh, for us is something that everyone can talk about and people also like to share, especially people maybe with other cultural backgrounds than just a German background can yeah, share their cultural knowledge that they have through food. So this is really how <laughs> intercultural exchange then yeah, happens at the end. So we always also address this concept of the power of food in our work. And of course, it's something very central in a way as well that you can taste, that you can experience. And yeah, so this is very a special experience that cannot be created through many other things. There, Clara summarizes why the Food Together project is interested in food and the role that food plays. This cookbook is an example of how food is being used in the context of migration, the basis for the Food Together study. In every episode, we'll bring you examples of how this multi-country European project has explored food waste and interacted with civil society. A big thanks to everyone for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to share it with your family, friends, and colleagues. And please give us a rating, especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. It helps others to find the podcast. See you next time.